0: Hey Action. everybody. Welcome to Hires Hollywood, the podcast where we pitch the shows that Hollywood should be making. I'm Jackie. I'm Diana. And this week we have one of our favorite friends on,
1: Charles.
0: Woo! Charles. Hello. It's and always we've a been to be
1: on your wonderful show.
0: We're happy to have you, especially cuz I only texted you about this 45 minutes ago.
1: I was very surprised when I saw the text message come through.
2: Well, you're like, wow, I can't believe they're actually recording their podcast again.
1: <laughs> More like, oh, I was not prepared to record tonight, but let's do this. It'll be fun. That's a goal. Just fun. It's a YOLO. vibe.
2: YOLO in the times just quarantine.
0: And talking and okay, about right? quarantine, Diana and I are doing dull facts for the age of covid because we haven't gone out to make new memories or new adventures and since charles is on with us tonight we have dull facts for charles
1: of which i'm sure there's a laundry list
0: (laughs) (laughs) should i
2: do my dull fact about charles first
1: yes because i'm very intrigued
2: okay my dull fact about charles is um unfortunately he is not a juggalo and that's pretty dull
1: you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. We have this on tape now. Thank you for saying <laughs> this, Diane. I really appreciate it. I've been waiting years for you to finally admit that it was a lie. Wow.
2: I mean, at least in 2021, you're not a juggalo. I don't know about your past.
1: <laughs> there we go. Uh,
0: my dull fun fact for Charles is he has a very adorable cat. And Charles, how old is your cat?
1: Uh, My cat is seven years old now.
0: Yes, a very wise cat that has... Is your cat still taming the other animals in the house?
1: She has settled into the role of grouchy old lady. Oh, my um, favorite. Same. And she has tamed Salem, uh, ironically, as he is the agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puff is proving a little bit more uh, uh, stubborn, shall we say. Mm-hmm.
0: There we go. And now we're doing our new segment that I am way too hyped about, which (laughs) has not yet formally gotten a title. But loosely, what it will be known as, is what meme slash TikTok slash Vine slash tweet are you feeling like this week slash whenever we are recording? And I'm going to go first because the thing I feel like right now is the very classic potato on a string. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please search it. It will enrich your life. And you'll also be like, why did I ever need this in my life? And I'm, honestly, that sums up everything.
2: I want to be clear because when you say potato on a string, I'm thinking about a specific vine where they're like seeing. The Frank Ocean song, it's mm-hmm. like a potato floating around. Is that what you're referencing?
0: Yeah, the one where the potato's on a string for the uh, where the ceiling
2: fan. On the, on the ceiling fan. Because I googled potato on a string just <laughs> to fact check. And it gave me a bunch of like potato 101, potato strings, like YouTube videos. <laughs> I Apparently be
1: it's a game as well, <laughs> oh. I guess. What? I, I'm really confused. You heard it here first. Could
2: you imagine... Oh my god, what if you, the game is you put a potato on a string on your fan and you have to dodge it? Is that the game?
1: I mean, I feel like that's good training, especially if you're going to go into professional dodgeball.
2: Oh my dodge god, potato, okay, well, we have to ball. play this. Wait, spud knockers? It's called spud knockers? <gasps>
1: oh no. Hold
2: on. Hold on. Wait, let me read this to you. You take two potatoes and you put them in one leg or pair of pantyhose. <laughs> And then you take the yeah. other leg and you tie it around the waist of a player so that leg with the, p- the potato hangs towards the ground. Then you place the, another potato in the floor in front of the first player. Then using only your hips, you have to swing the potato... Between your legs to hit the potato on the floor, and then you—the objective is to get the potato to a certain place. Oh my God, this is—I don't like this. I thought you were gonna have to dodge a potato. This is somehow far worse. Oh Jesus. Okay, well, go, You know, at, moving on. Charles, what is your <laughs> name this week?
1: Uh, so my meme is I, I will fully admit rather political uh, But it is definitely a vibe That I am feeling right now This comes from twitter user Embrace the case uh, That's thats with a K in case uh, And their their tweet says Watching every trump terrorist get arrested At the airport is a streaming service I would pay full price for In fact I'd even upgrade to ad free premium <laughs> That's a vibe
0: oh, yeah
2: There's just, seeing a grown man cry at an airport gate is just, it is a vibe. It's just... It really is. What else can you ask for? (laughs) So, Diana, what are you you going to round
0: out the trifecta with?
2: Well, so this, so let me, let me make a confession. I tried to say no to TikTok for a very long time during quarantine. I said, Diana, you're an adult. You have a 401k. You, you go to work and you type your little emails and you do your job. You don't need a TikTok, okay? You're an adult. And then I would start seeing the TikToks and people would send it to me. I was like, I know I won't download that. I'm just, I'm strong. I will make it through it. I'm not strong, okay? I downloaded TikTok oh, and I no. I've seen so many of them and like, right now, there's just a crazy TikTok drama going on, and it's 100% like kids, like, in the high school musical, the musical on Disney+, and this dramatic love triangle, and Taylor Swift's involved. But that's not even my vibe or my meme, you guys. Um, what the truest one right now, there's this <laughs> TikTok user, <laughs> and I need to look up what his username is. It's, like, L- Ben. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Oh, my God. Lou, it's a Lou, Lou, Lou okay mm-hmm. and he um created songs they're called internet drama one and two <laughs> where he takes oh, yes. these, <laughs> these songs and he turns them into these beautiful masterpieces my favorite one is about the broccoli casserole and it starts like mm. ooh get your name out my thin mouth or your thin mouth and i just like lose it every time and, like, all the memes that are coming from it. And, like, I will just start singing it, like, while I'm working and, like, doing important stuff. And I'm like, she stole my broccoli. Ooh, casserole recipe. And it's like, no, there's there's no right for it to be that catchy for me to be singing it, like, oh for a week now. And it's just, it's who I am now, you know? Like, it's Di-
1: just... Diana, did you know it's... that there are people who are calling that fabulous artist you're speaking of the next Weird Al Yankovic
2: first off I don't know if that's a compliment to that man or not it yeah. is weird weird Al has been relevant
1: for damn near 40 years
2: yeah I mean I don't know like I feel like it's somewhat of a compliment but is it shade too
1: I mean maybe I a little know. bit
2: Cause like, does he want to be Weird Al? Weird Al? Weird Al? <laughs> or does he want to be like an artiste? Like, does he want? Cause like, does he want to be like The Weekend? Are you saying Weird Al's not this? an artist? Well, I'm saying like, there's a difference between like parody songs and being like, oh shit, this is my hot bop on the Billboard Hot 100. You know? I don't know.
1: I would. Anyways. I would challenge you on that, but that's probably not the point of this particular podcast.
2: Anyways, breaking news: Charles's <laughs> number one played song is definitely by Weird Al. <laughs> uh,
1: there might actually be some truth to that. I really don't know. <laughs> oh my lord! If
2: this is one of those like uh, I podcasts to where they have the, scissors, like, the YouTube, oh my god, it would like it would right now it would cut to like your iTunes top twenty-five <laughs> just to count the Weird Al songs. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Well, now that we know what everyone's state of being, what everyone's current vibe is, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited to hear. It's actually Jackie who's pitching a show today, and it is apparently very relevant to Charles's interests. um, And there are many. And Mm -hmm. one of them, again, not Juggalos. It's 2021. He's moved past that. um, So I'm excited to hear what this will be, Jackie.
0: And this is like a newly hatched idea going into our mm. plan for today. Diana and I are grown ass ladies who are using a calendar to be better about this. So I had been planning mm-hmm. for to talk about a different show, but then stuff happens because it's life. And I was like, no, we're going to do something fun today. So tentative title. Roll of the dice. Set the scene. This is going to be an Amazon Twitch exclusive. Charles, are you still with me?
1: Uh, I'm 100% on board. I'm just very sad I, that I, no one's you seeing... said dice and I got excited.
0: Thank you. Now you're starting to see it and no one can see my hand motions, which I find to be very critical for this, but alas, it is an oh, I'm audio. I'm not imagining them. Mm-hmm. Please do, and for anybody Can listening in the hand car. hand
1: on a podcast or not, it's not easy.
0: It's really not, but they are very active right now. So, Roll <laughs> of the Dice, it's a Twitch Amazon exclusive. It is a reality series where you have between 8 to 12 contestants who are all vying for the final prize of having their D&D campaign animated into a series.
1: Oh, 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 oh.
0: Yes. Charles
2: is like how do I sign up?
0: Yes. And Yeah it's- like
1: is is this like is is there like a sign up sheet? Do I have to sign waivers? I mean, I'll fly out to California if we need to. Like, just let me know how this works because I'm already on board.
0: Yeah. See, I have actual ideas of how this would work. So as I said, there are multiple people. This is like when they did that one random reality show where like one person got to be a director. And like each week to week, they would work on different parts of their skill. So like each week, they would do something about like story, campaign, cartography aka maps and it would be developing the different pieces of what it takes to be like the true D master
2: wait first off what show is that
1: on the lot i've never
2: heard of it i mean i love that also concept, kind of sounds like
1: the voice in some ways
0: it was on when we were in high school maybe it was like a 2000 oh. show
2: that's fair i mean I, Cherokee, I love this concept though for that one?
0: yeah so turning back the Same. clocks but also the thing is is that each week just like RuPaul has the most amazing people D&D <laughs> has become mainstream so lots of people have been coming out of the woodwork to be like I have been playing D&D for x amount of years and if you're like who are these people it is the legendary Vin Diesel <gasps>
1: is he the host Wait, no is he
0: really okay. a D&D player yeah he wrote oh, about yeah. it in one of his books
1: he, he oh talked God. about playing D&D after I think the first Riddick movie came out. That was mm-hmm. like a big deal. So also, there's context so for our people. listeners.
2: Like, I don't know that much about Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so, I'm going to be along this journey with many of you.
0: So, how do you get on the show? This is like a very valid question. Uh, let us first make mm, yes. a master guide to let everybody know. D&D stands for... Dungeons and Dragons. The role that Charles often plays is the DM, which is not for data migration. It is for Dungeon Master.
2: (laughs) I think most people think DM Uh, is like Twitter DM, like (laughs) direct message. Direct message. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Unless you (laughs) still work at a specific store. That makes so much more (laughs) sense after I said it, where I was like, sliding in your DMs. (laughs) That's a vibe. Yeah. No, I am just (laughs) showing where my brain power is allocated and it's not to pertinent things
2: again potato on a string jackie it's
0: fine thank you i'm glad that my vibe checks out and just like that (laughs) so where does roll of the dice meet dungeons and dragons for people who are not aware of dungeons and dragons it's like a pre internet game that emerged in the late 70s and early 80s so this game has been around for a while and it all is about rolling dice. Charles, do you want to educate our listeners about what dice you need in order to play?
1: There are, in fact, seven dice that you need to play the game. However, many will argue that uh, when, despite the fact that you start with just those seven, you will quickly escalate to dozens uh, as I have uh, discovered uh, through my long career playing D&D. I have too many dice, some would say. I disagree with them but that's okay the seven dice you need however are a 20-sided die a 12-sided die a two separate 10-sided dies, uh, dice, uh dice a d8 or an eight-sided die uh, a d6 a six-sided die or a d4 a four sided die
0: thank you see this episode is also very educational and the whole point of this show is Not our show, the show I'm pitching. It's really about what Charles has taught me about Dungeons & Dragons, which is about friendship, creativity, Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. together, and Mm -hmm. killing random magical creatures. Very much so. (laughs) Like, murder and pirates are always involved in a campaign.
1: It's kind of a requirement, I feel like. At some point, pirates will show up.
0: Mm -hmm. So... How do you get on the show, in addition to having all seven of these different dice or die, is that you have to come up with, like, a mock campaign. Like, basically, you would be able to use X amount of manuals or X amount of books, and you would be able to, you would have to, like, pitch your way onto the show. Kind of like how American Idol, like, you would have to go city to city, but I don't want it just to be anyone. I want it to be people who are like Charles, who really have a love for it and who are interested in getting better and, and also, like, bringing their audience to the next level.
2: Check, you have a question.
0: Yeah, go for would it. It,
2: be, it. Would it be, it wouldn't be, like, you know, American Idol where it's, like, we're in, you know, I don't know, Chicago and we have a hundred people in line to give us their best pitch or would it be, like, people have to, like, submit their tapes and then they're, like pre-selected to like go on the stage already like x
0: factor so good question what it would be would be different twitch streamers would send them either a session or a campaign so either like one night or, like, you know, up to, like, six hours for somebody to, to listen to, whether that's audio, whether that's Twitch streamed, whether, you know, somebody drew, somebody did this or that. And that's the criteria. Okay. So it can't just be, like, a newcomer. You have to have had material previously. Because there's going to be an episode in the series where it's all about voice acting. So you have to have your crew ready and established in order to fulfill oh, no. certain episodes.
2: Oh, you got to uh, have your The friends. voice
1: acting, that... Ugh gets me every time every I can do time. like three different voices Charles and i just kind of put different spins on those three different voices
2: wait i want a demonstration
1: you want a demonstration you want a demonstration of different voices i can do I mean, I don't really have a script in front of me right now, but, you know, I can, I can kind of pull it off the cuff. That's one of the big things about being a dungeon master in D&D is you've got to be able to improv. That's, like, one of the key skills if you're going to be successful. I would say that also applies to players as well, but, you know, it definitely is a requirement if you're going to be a dungeon master.
2: Oh, my God, Charles. If you to see my face, I'm doing, like, the Home Alone face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too wild. I feel okay so like the voice acting thing I'm I'm sold on this episode immediately cuz I just want to see people <laughs> like like do accents cuz you know those people who have like real real believable ones and real real like not have you ever seen um there was like I feel like it was probably BuzzFeed where they put like a bunch of real British people in a room with a bunch of like um like different people pretending to have British accents for like america and like australia and like different countries and they would try to like figure out which one was the fake brit
0: that yeah, sounds like something that sounds feed.
1: fantastic
2: but like i feel like it was that like the concept where it's like you're gonna make people listen and be like which voice actor is the fake i don't know i don't know how it works in campaigns but i need there to be drama in this episode
0: oh drama is a mainstay do you have reality tv without drama i think not
1: manufactured or otherwise
0: true it's all about the edit if you ask any bravo celebrity, they will tell you the story is made in the edit not in the <laughs> diana what's it called when you're talking to the camera
2: the talking head
0: yeah like when you're in like the separate room it's all in the edit
2: i love when you watch a talking head and like they you, they very clearly splice them together from different days because like the hair is different yeah. the makeup's different or like they say something mm-hmm. and then they cut to voiceover and you're like oh no this was definitely not said like they oh gosh it's just <laughs> once you know what to look for in that that like it's just they can make any story they want
0: Yeah, so we have these different episodes, and each thing is going to build upon it to get to the end result. And if you're like, well, I'm like half intrigued, but I'm not fully bought in, let me also talk about like, who is the host and kind of sort of judge. It's going to be the McElroy brothers.
1: The McElroys? Yes! Yes, as I butchered (laughs) their
0: names, so like, much apologies.
1: Uh, I, I have seen uh, the McElroys live uh, for an Adventure Zone live episode, and they are truly a joy and a delight. I highly recommend anybody who's a fan of D&D uh, check out their the Adventure Zone podcast. It is life-changing.
0: Exactly. And they have brought it so mainstream that I think they would be totally here for it. And I think like the cool thing or the goal would be week to week that people would build or at least like make the bare bones of something that other people could do. Like, I think that's the thing about Dungeons and Dragons that since it's been around for decades, there's, you know, the creature book and different things like that. But everybody, just because you have something to play doesn't mean you play it the exact same way. So I think there's something mm-hmm. really exciting about that too, to have that, that like work from home
1: component. Every table has its own style. Every, every DM, every player kind of has their own way of doing things. So it's, it it would be very interesting to see that come out, uh, in a show like this. Obviously you have, you you know, your, your constraints to kind of keep people in a a similar, similar channel, but you know, it's that, that creativity. I, I, I like to describe D and D as a cooperative storytelling. Um, and I, I would absolutely love just to see like all these different storytellers coming together and, Trying to, to put on a good show,
2: Charles. What would you think makes like a successful D and D campaign versus a non successful one?
1: Well, usually I would describe a successful D and D campaign as one that lasts more than one session.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you, if you troll the internet, you will find that uh, a lot of campaigns never make it <laughs> make it much farther than the the first session because scheduling is always difficult. Um, But I would say what makes a successful D&D campaign is when you have told a story with people you consider friends and you have fun doing it. Um, Whatever that ends up looking like doesn't really matter. But as long as you have achieved both of those those goals, I, I think you have had a successful campaign. I Notice true. I did not mention that you have to survive said campaign. Killing off all of your players is always a, an option.
0: That's like the most disappointing part of Dungeons and Dragons, is when your character dies and you just think, I spent a lot of time on this, and I don't know what to do. See, that Wait, I have a question.
2: Thing, if your
1: character Sometimes
0: dies, Sometimes you want, you want you your to character back?
1: to die so you can go to the next one that you've been having sit in the wings for the last six months.
2: Wait, so like, if your character dies, like they're not just like, okay you're out of the game. I'm like, you're going to make a new one?
1: Typically. It, it depends on the, the table. I don't it depends know on y'all. how you want to run things. There are campaigns that have been run that have been purely about uh, a quest to resurrect a character that died early in the campaign.
2: Oh, dang. It's interesting.
1: It's you you can you can tell a story about just about anything in D&D and that's the brilliance of the system is its flexibility but with like character death some cases, that's actually something the character, uh, the player wants, because mm-hmm. maybe they're not necessarily enjoying the character. Maybe they want to try something new. Maybe it makes mm-hmm. sense in the context of the story. Like, the, Maybe the, the, this character's arc is one that ends with them sacrificing, sacrificing themselves to, to save a friend or something. Um, but whatever the reason for the, you know, the character death, whether it's intentional or accidental, typically the player will create a new character. To use in the interim, uh, either as their new character going forward, or until they can bring their old one back to life. This
2: is so interesting to me because I, like oh, yeah. I feel like when I thought about D and ways to integrate that together. Oh yeah, because I feel like when I thought about D D before, I definitely just saw it more as like a like checker well not checkers, but like more chess style gaming, and didn't really think of it as this like interactive storytelling if that makes sense. Like, I thought it was much more of the, like, oh, this is a game, and we're going to do a game where you have to, like, I don't know, like, conquer this map and conquer this stuff, but I, I didn't realize how much of it relied on the cooperative storytelling aspect of it. And, like, having character the arcs early for days. the people playing.
1: Maybe yeah, that's my, like, you know, in my, the early my, days. My
2: experience is, like, watching Stranger Things and they're playing D&D, yeah. you know?
1: In the, uh, in the early days of D&D, it was heavily influenced by uh, tabletop wargaming uh, in terms of its design. Um, but the, the game has definitely evolved over time. So it's less about rolling the dice and more about role-playing uh, the character that you've created or uh, breathing life into the world that you, you've uh, put together. Um, now, obviously, again, that does vary from table to table. Some... Some tables are more about, you know, the, the the numbers that are inherent in the game and um, the tactical combat and, and such. But uh, certainly for me, um, if I'm playing D&D, it's all about story.
0: And Charles, do you want to let people know what type of like when you're making your character? Like what some of the things are like what type of creature you could be versus what type of role you would be just to like kind of like draw out that template for people.
1: Sure. Um, With making a character, um, a lot of people when they they go into a game like D&D, they go in with the mindset that they're they're not going to play somebody like themselves. They're not going to play a human. Um, they're going to play something else because in D&D there's elves and dwarves and uh, giants and and Naga and all these other different fantastical races and you can make your character any one of them um, and kind of live out whatever particular fantasy that you you may have you know maybe you want to be a an orc barbarian that runs around breaking everything um, maybe you want to be a hoity-toity elf wizard who knows every spell that there is uh, and even invented a few themselves. You know, there's all kinds of different, uh, different opportunities for you to really make whatever it is your heart desires. Uh, and when you're, you're building a character, typically I think a lot of people will start with an archetype in mind. Um, maybe that's an archetype they picked up from a tv show or from a book they read um, in other cases it may just be one of the the general storytelling archetypes that we're just familiar with from daily life but um there's also a, a alternative uh lines of thought where you you try to make the most counterintuitive uh character you possibly can like you, you take that orc but instead of him being the barbarian the orc is the super smart wizard you know d- uh, um upsetting expectations if you will or subverting expectations um and it's because ultimately the the rule set doesn't you know pigeonhole you into to any one thing you can really kind of go wherever you want with it uh it leaves you wide open to all kinds of different uh, possibilities. Um, You're gonna describe what your character's background is. Uh, Who were they before they became an adventurer? You know, you might even go so far as to talk about who they were growing up and where they grew up and what their family life was like and who their parents were. And, you know, what was their lineage going back centuries because maybe they have an important person in that that ancient history of their, their family. Um, there is so much detail that you can breathe into these characters, or you can just be my name's Bob, I used to cut wood now I cut up goblins let's do this <laughs> that's awesome
2: the one thing I did learn, Charles, from you before this episode a while ago, is that when you play dra- Dungeons and Dragons, you typically cannot be a dragon and it made me very upset <laughs> there um,
1: there are ways in which you could theoretically be a dragon as a player it's just one of those things where you have to work with your dungeon master to find the appropriate balance so that you are not ridiculously overpowered within the context of the mechanics of the game
2: like can you just imagine it's like your little crew like i don't know if you have like like a little elf or an orc, right? And then you just have a dragon sidekick. It'd be so fun. Does not have to be like a big dragon? Like in Shrek, it can just be like a little dragon.
0: I mean, like the fun thing dragon. is that the big dragon in Shrek is a very timid dragon in reality. It's uh, true.
2: No, did we watch the same version of Shrek?
0: It marries donkey in the end.
2: Okay, but like the first part when she's like <laughs> trying to kill Shrek um, in the first movie... That was not timid. That was a very fire breathing.
0: I mean, wouldn't you breathe hey. fire if somebody came into your home?
1: Yeah, that's right. She is. She's <laughs> like an onion. She's like Shrek. She has layers.
2: <sighs> There's been a lot of Shrek references in my day so far. This is like the third, and I don't know what's oh, going really?
0: on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well.
1: Somehow <laughs> Shrek know. became part of, I don't know, the zeitgeist at some point.
0: Thank the you, Internet 2001. Still providing 20 years later.
1: <laughs> I feel like I saw <laughs> really somewhere 2001? that, like. Oh
2: my god. Oh my god, 20 years. I think I read that Shrek is getting inducted into some. Oh, film... I sent you that. Yeah, yeah, okay, then it was you. And I'm just like, this is what we need. This is. Oh, my microphone almost fell down. This is proof that nature is healing.
0: Yeah, that it's getting awesome. in- inducted into, like, the National Film Archives.
1: <laughs> Which, like, oh, man.
0: So if Shrek can do it, anybody can do it. Including us. Including us. They're and down. I think a big component of this is music. And mm-hmm. I think, like, if there's one one thing I will give Game of Thrones, it is that Game of Thrones knows music. So mm-hmm. one of the few things I'll give it. So I there's, like, two or three options for what I'm thinking of for, like, the theme song. Like, either we have, like, a a scoring, like, a sweeping score that kind of, like, takes you over the mountaintops and guides you along in the way that you wanted the Hobbit movie to, but the Hobbit movie didn't. (laughs) So, option Uh, number one. So true. Yes. We can all air our grievances. Option number two, you have, like, a funky, um... I don't know what the noises of the Seinfeld theme song are.
1: (laughs) Isn't it just like a bass?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like
0: a bass line.
1: Like a twang? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's just a a, a bass rhythm that somebody's plucking out.
0: Well, I hope that person made a lot of money because it's still stuck in my brain.
2: I wonder how much
1: That's iconic.
2: Like. at least thousands hopefully maybe like a million who knows
0: yeah so that's option number two and then the third option is like is is techno drabble but like it's techno that somebody had to make i was going to say like what made it unique was that it's made on a computer but then i realized that's just a
1: moronic statement in the modern age unfortunately more music is made on the computer than in real life
0: Yes, but I, I, I want somebody to have, like, very much what we imagine Dead Mouse to be. Like, if he were to be making music, I want, like, I have that in my head of somebody sitting at their desk studiously or, like, furiously tapping and pounding and alternating. But, like, I want that to be the theme song as, you know, you see people come past in, like, boxes flying across the screen that are alternated with, like, dice and things like that
1: i think i
2: mean i'm okay with
1: it i think music is is definitely the underrated um element of a D game not everybody uses music yeah um some people find it very distracting in point of fact um i love to use music to really set the mood in my game um because i think that it, it really if used appropriately can can help with that immersion Um, and in some cases, you know, get the, uh, uh, the health sensor on my player's wrists, uh, popping off, telling them they need to calm down. Um, that's, that's, that's always my goal, especially if there's like a a scary episode happening. Um, but it's, it's definitely something where just like in a, in a movie or a TV show, music absolutely, um, is critical to really helping you just get to that next level.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like one of the components is that if each week in the show, you work on an individual part of your campaign or your session in it and it builds upon it. I think that's like the one thing that I would strive for is that like, by the end of the season, you have not just a session, you have a whole campaign. And then that's the campaign that would become like an animated series.
2: I know it's like, it's like a show and it's a competition, but like, how do people get voted out? Or do people get voted out? People def- if it's, like, a part partnership with Amazon and Twitch, like, are people watching it, like, live? And do people get a vote live, like, American Idol? Those are my questions.
0: I think it's a little bit of everything. So the way I see it working is that you have, like, the judges, the guest judge slash host. So it's, like, a little bit more, like, oriented to Top Chef i think it's going to be a mix i think that is not going to be alive due to like production value and everything like that i see it being all Makes filmed sense. and then edited and then released mm. week to week but i do okay. see choices being made but i also see it a little bit like um the ultimate fighter where like sometimes people do get eliminated but they do kind of get a stick around but it's not that they win but they still get like those opportunities for growth
2: there there'd be like a Twitch choice at the end of the season, and then the finale is live. Mm-hmm. But then, like one team and the Twitch choice gets to come back and compete. Yeah. I just again, I I'm adding would... drama. I should be a reality show producer. You'd be great I at be that. I, I think
1: if if you want to add some drama to it as well, I think one fun way you can kind of maybe up the ante is take a note from The Voice, and each of the different hosts is basically forming. Uh, their their team of dungeon masters and they're they're ultimately competing to see if they can they can beat the other coaches so you have the the three brothers you have uh, Griffin Travis and Justin uh, and their father Clint who formed the the cast of the adventure zone uh, but I imagine uh, Jackie's envisioning uh, Griffin Travis and Justin as being kind of the hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think if you're going to do something like this, you you have to bring in, like, Matt Mercer as a guest host at at the very least.
0: Oh, yeah. If Matt Mercer wanted to be, like, a full-time judge, Hank Green could be a full-time judge. That would be great. Oh, yes. Who's Matt Mercer?
2: I know who Hank Green is. Who's Matt Mercer?
1: Uh, He is the mastermind behind Critical Role, um, one of the more successful D&D shows that's out there.
2: I just googled it. He looks like he has like this very powerful. He's a voice actor. And a lot
1: of the people on his show are voice actors.
2: He has like a very powerful hair cape, I believe is what I would describe that as.
1: (laughs) I've never heard that term before, but that's pretty great. It's pretty good.
2: You've never heard of a hair cape before?
1: No. I have never heard of a hair cape before this moment.
2: Okay, well that's on all y'all. But you know, to be fair, I've never heard of this man before this. So I guess we're even (laughs) lord Listen I'm learning a lot tonight you guys
0: That's what we're here for
2: And Charles I do request That me and Jackie Now going to be on your podcast And we do get to be dragons Mm -hmm.
1: There will definitely be some opportunities For some of my friends uh, Such as yourselves to guest star And I have already planned out A segment in which you both will join this uh show as dragons
0: yes oh my god I'm, I'm so
1: charmed.
2: excited it's awesome that's all I need wow 2021 is saved again nature is healing we're gonna be dragons on a <laughs> podcast
0: I mean I don't think we could ask for anything more like if we wished on some birthday candles I don't think we could get anything bigger than that right
2: oh Dana what are you doing or what are you wishing for this year nothing I'm a dragon now what else can I want to be
1: life fulfilled
0: and Charles, are you going to tell the audience where they can find your magical, wonderful, amazing stuff?
1: Absolutely. Uh, if you go to twitch.tv slash friendshipandflagons, uh, you will find the home of uh, the Dungeons & Dragons game that I run. Uh, we're also on the Instagrams, we're on the Twitters, uh, I think we're even on the Facebooks too still. Mm-hmm. Um but I would say Instagram and Twitter are probably the, the best places to find us. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram as F and F, uh, dungeon master. Um, but, uh, my players, uh, are, uh, a great group of friends that, uh, we've all kind of come together to, to turn this, uh, this, uh, passion project into, to something, uh, something really cool and really fun. So we, uh, hope you can check us out maybe sometime. Uh, Definitely, uh, to see all the other games that are, are being played on Twitch as well, because there are a lot of of budding groups that are, are trying to, you know, increase their viewership or share their games with the world, and uh, that it, they all need your support. So if that's something you're into, definitely check it out.
2: Well, if you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast called Higher is Hollywood, um, you can listen to more of them at The internet.
0: (laughs) Capital I. Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Um, I think we're on other ones, but I don't know what they're called. I have to Google it. Um, If you like our ideas and you want to send us more or you want to be on an episode with us, you can send us an email. We're hireshollywood at gmail.com. You can slide into our DMs, which stands for direct messages, not data migrations on Twitter or on Instagram <laughs> or hire us Hollywood there. Um, we don't have a Facebook because neither me or Jackie have Facebooks because
0: we don't have Facebooks.
2: We're, we're old uh, women. We can't do e it. And okay. Um, and then I mean I'm hoping by the time this episode goes up I finally have made us a website so I'm not going to say the URL in case I haven't. But like if you Google it a website will come up for us. I just I don't remember what the URL is right now so
0: we are doing things
2: yeah we're trying our best and again if you're a hollywood executive if you work at amazon or twitch and you heard this and you're like wow this is a great idea we should hire all three of these folks Mm -hmm. and they can be the executive producers on this show yes of course we'll do it hire us and we'll hire you back i don't know how it works okay (laughs) um but, but thank you for listening um we will be back next week if all goes well. Look at us go. ...answer for the show.
0: True. Your voice is very majestic. Okay. So I'm... Well, I don't know about that. But. Mm. Give it's yourself some credit. It's a lot more credit. calming. Mm-hmm.